Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart, the show where we celebrate and interrogate creatives of all stripes. I'm Hannah Camacho. Wherever you have found the show, don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you want to leave me feedback, get in touch, tell me what types of episodes are speaking to you, you can find me on Twitter at Basic Brain Heart or on Instagram at Hannah underscore Camacho. And I would love nothing more than to chat with you. Now, today on the podcast, we have something really extra special and And um, I'm super excited to share with you that we are starting to do creative prompts. So on today's episode with the illustrious Kent Osborne, um, I asked him to provide a prompt for you to respond to. So if you're a writer, you are a visual artist, um, you can respond to his creative prompt. Use the hashtag OsborneCold and or tag me in it so we can gather up all the fun creative, uh, juicy tidbits you put out on the social media. Now you may remember a few months ago, we actually had Kent's brother, Mark Osborne on the show. And that was a fantastic interview. And Mark, um, had so many good things to say about his brother. And I was so excited that Kent agreed to be on. Kent is a writer. He's an actor. He's an artist even. And his career has, um, touched so many different shows, including Adventure Time, The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack, Uh, the Spongebob Squarepants movie, Steven Universe, the list goes on. He's incredibly talented. I'm challenging you to just check out his IMDb page. Your jaw will drop. Um, It was such a treat to have him on. He was having a bit of a busy day. He's quite the baseball fan. He was actually headed out the door to a Dodgers game as soon as the conversation wraps. So don't forget to listen all the way through and submit your pieces of creative genius on social media with the hashtag OsborneCold. I look forward to seeing them. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Kent Osborne. Okay. Well, Kent, I'm super excited to have you on this show. Your story, your life, and just your creative prowess has really fascinated me for a while now. So uh, thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Super. And it sounds like, I, you know, if, if someone just takes a quick uh, look at your social media, it looks like you're quite the baseball fan. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I grew up uh, watching baseball and, and collecting baseball cards. And um, uh, I moved to Los Angeles in 1992. And I did not like the Dodgers uh, because I was a Mets fan. <laughs> and then uh, in 1994, the um the players went on strike and there was no world series and uh it was very depressing (laughs) and it seemed to represent a larger uh yeah larger i don't know global shift in what was important (laughs) and and so i I became a (laughs) i was like a fan on strike for a few years (laughs) i had like a membership in the fans on strike organization uh but then uh the Red Sox played in 2004 and I got back into baseball, like watching baseball and it was very exciting. Uh, anyways. And then a few years ago, I, uh, eventually I started liking the Dodgers, um, after about 20 years. Ooh. Cause, uh, I, I live close enough to the stadium that I can walk and yeah, I just one day started going to games more and, uh, that's great. Clayton, Clayton, yeah, Clayton Kershaw was. I could talk about the Dodgers for the whole. <laughs> <laughs> this will just whole, be a Dodgers uh, interview. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. And it, it only it, took I, twenty years to like them. Yeah, it took it took a really long time. <laughs> I, I um, 
Yeah. But now I, I, it's weird how much I've changed. Like I'll go to the Dodgers will play the Mets and I'll go and like boo the Mets and be rooting against, you know, and I, <laughs> it used to be the opposite. It's, it, That's it's, awesome. Uh, what, what do you think caused the shift? I think after just living in LA 25 years, it just, they wore me down. And I, <laughs> I've always wanted to sort of, uh, uh, you know, root for a team like really hard. And so this year I said, I'm going to go to as many games as possible. So I went to opening day and I went to about 25 games and I went to the couple playoff games. Yeah. So it's just been fun. But yeah, a lot of people are like, what's going on? Why are you <laughs> rooting for the Dodgers so hard? Um, but, uh, yeah, but I'm, it'll probably, you know, I, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. I grew up liking the Red Sox, and then I liked the Phillies, and then I liked the Mets, and now I like the Dodgers. So it's, it's a little, it's a little schizophrenic. But yeah, but it's like if I if I saw like just anyone in a Dodger uniform, I'd be like, oh, they're they're okay, they're good people. <laughs> That's <laughs> like all Darth, it takes. <laughs> yeah, if Darth Vader was wearing like a Dodgers uniform, I'd be like, he looks nice. <laughs> He's got to be a good guy. Yeah. Would you mind talking about what you're up to today? Sure. Uh, today I'm going to game one of the uh, NLCS uh, Dodgers Cup. Oh, you mean what am I working on? Oh, sure. In general, <laughs> I, that was a very poorly worded question. No, no, no I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh. Well, I'm, um, I'm working on a new show at Cartoon Network called Summer Camp Island, uh, created by Julia Pott. Um, who's, who's a friend of mine and she worked on Adventure Time a little bit and, uh, I've, um, yeah, it's like a new show. So it's, it's exciting. And, um, she's, uh, a very, uh, talented artist and filmmaker. And, uh, so it's, it feels kind of nice to be, cause Adventure Time ended and it was very sad cause you know, it was such a good show, but it's, it's nice to be on another show that has. Uh, a lot of good artists and um, yeah. And, and it's, a, it's going to be really, it's going to be a, like Cartoon Network's uh, next big show, I think. That's really awesome. And what is your role with the show? Are you primarily uh, writing? Yeah. Yeah. Most, mostly writing. Um, I sort of, I was, I was working on it a little bit uh, part-time cause I was working on um, a couple other, I was working on like uh, another project, uh, uh, over the summer. And then, uh, I just went back for, uh, I'm now back there full time. So I'm like a staff writer. Awesome. So I'm helping, yeah, I'm helping, uh, generate, uh, stories and outlines and I'm doing a little storyboarding and stuff like that. I basically, I'm just like, well, wherever you need me, (laughs) just plug me in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As long as I get paid and I can, uh, have money to buy tickets to the Dodgers games. There you uh, go. That's Just all I care about. Habit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now, when you look back on your childhood, um, is there one thing that you think your parents got really right as far as, I don't know, supporting you or just some, maybe a trait they had that really helped to foster your uh, need for creativity and storytelling? Uh, well, yeah, for sure. My, well, yeah, we were, my brother and I were born in New Jersey, and when we were very young, like three or four, my mom, it was important to my mom that we moved to New England for some reason. I think she wanted to just mm. get away from New Jersey. I don't know. Why. New Jersey is very nice. I don't know. <laughs> we, were, we weren't like living near, you know, we weren't like in the 50 mile radius of New York. Yeah, we were kind of, 
we're we are living in a town called Washington's Crossing, which is where Washington crossed the Delaware, and uh, so it was Washington's oh, Crossing, New cool. Jersey. Yeah, and then the town on the other side is Washington's Crossing, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Confusing. Um, yeah, but it was yeah, it was it was very uh, you know quaint, and um, even if you go, I just was there a couple. Um, weeks ago and it's kind of the same it hasn't really changed anyways my mom uh wanted to go we moved to new hampshire and then vermont and i think she wanted sort of a small town uh life and uh so we moved to a really small town that had about i don't know two two or three thousand people or um and she uh but she she was she was really good at my she signed my brother and i up for art classes and drama classes. I remember there was a, a guy in town named Bill, Bill Tyson, and he was a, uh, he would teach drama to kids. Um, and oh, fun. Yeah. And there, there were like, you know, eight or 10 kids. And I think my brother and I were the only boys. It was mostly girls. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, we kind of, we do like acting exercises and then we'd act out like scenes. And then he would always have like bread and cheese afterwards. Like we'd sit down and eat. <laughs> It was like very cult- cultured, you know, and wow. that, was the be- that was the best part. I was like, I love acting. <laughs> like, we get to eat bread and cheese, <laughs> like really good cheese and like crusty baguettes. And oh, yeah, that's the so, trick. Yeah, I think you just got to give kids uh, bread and cheese. <laughs> and then they magically become incredible actors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so my mom was, yeah, it was important to my mom to, to sort of uh, give us those opportunities and activities and stuff. And, and then, you know, my dad, uh, you know, I think he wanted us to go to college and become, you know, professionals or, you know, maybe like a lawyer or something. Um, but he was never, you know, when we told him that we wanted to pursue, uh, you know, my brother wanted to be an artist and I wanted to be an actor and he, he was supportive. Like he never, he never told us, you know, don't do that or, I'm not going to support you or anything like that. He's that's great. Pretty supportive. Yeah. At what yeah, age I, did you, did you kind of decide <clears throat> that that was your path? I guess in high school, like that's when people okay. start asking you like what you're going to do and True. where you want to go to college and stuff. So yeah, we were both pretty, um, yeah, my brother is very, he was more talented than I was, uh, at art. Um, so he was, I was like, okay, he's got, he's going to do art. I'm going to be an actor. And he, he used to make movies and he had a camera. And so I would like act in his movies. And uh, so it seemed like a, yeah. And that seemed like a theme too. When, when we had Mark on the show was that both of you, we just started making things. And really that's a lot of people think that they have to wait to acquire some crazy talent before they can uh delve into that world but really you just started making stuff and you just kept kept making things and getting better and better and hoarding your craft it sounds like you did that even before school so once you kind of knew what your path was uh where did you actually go to school and what did you go to school for oh i never well i went after high school i moved to new york uh when i was 18 and i went to an acting school uh called the american academy of dramatic arts which is sort of a non-accredited uh two-year acting school uh, cool. It's where Robert Redford went, and nice. Danny DeVito, and Spencer Tracy, uh, and some other. Just a few, uh, you know. Paul nobody. Paul Rudd, yeah. <laughs> and it's the oldest acting school in the English-speaking world. 
and it's, and it's kind of, it's one of those schools that they advertise in the back of like high school thespian magazines, you know, they say, yeah. uh, so, uh, you know, I, I applied to get in there and I got in and I was very excited. Uh, but then you sort of get there and you realize, oh, they just kind of, like, they accept everybody. Like they, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it! <laughs> the most important question <laughs> on the application is, can you cover the tuition? <laughs> <laughs> you're um, in. <laughs> yeah, you're basically, because there's some kids there that really weren't good. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> dang it. <laughs> this is like an air conditioning repair school. Um, <laughs> but it was really fun cause I was going to, I was living in Manhattan and I was going to school and, uh, I was meeting, you know, other kids my age that had moved to New York and were trying to be actors and, you know, everyone was, uh, everybody wanted to be on Broadway and stuff. And, uh, so yeah, I did that for two years and then I was an apprentice with a theater company, um, the Atlantic theater, which is, oh, cool. um, yeah, it's a theater company that was started sort of by David Mamet. He was uh, lecturing at like NYU or something. And mm. uh, at the end said, I'm going to Vermont this summer. Who wants to come with me and learn about acting? And like half the kids raised their hands and they all went to Vermont. And then they kind of formed wow. this theater company. Yeah, and it, it was one of the uh, NYU, uh, their theater program. They do, you can, um, I didn't actually go to NYU, but um, I think this is how it worked. They had like five like theater companies that were sort of, you would, uh, you know, pick one and um, you could be huh. an, an apprentice with them and, and, and sort of learn about acting. And so the, the Atlantic theater had, uh, they, they were one of the schools. Uh, and That's then they cool. would go, to, yeah, they would go to Vermont every summer and they would, they would uh, workshop plays that they were going to hopefully maybe do, you know, bring back to New York and put mm -hmm. up. So they would go and do these sort of like, you know, uh, small productions up in Burlington, Vermont. And, they would teach acting to students and you'd be an apprentice and you'd sort of help, you know, we like ran the lights and stuff like that. And, um, that's cool. Yeah. And I, so I learned a lot about acting, uh, doing that. Actually, I didn't learn much at the American Academy. It was kind of weird. That place, they, the, <laughs> the teachers were all like former students that were just kind of, oh. kind of bitter and hated <laughs> us. And, <laughs> and Things just didn't, didn't work out for them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's they, crazy. They so, so, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Washed up, bitter, bitter uh, teachers. Those are always they, really inspiring. But what yeah, beyond the, the theater company? What um, kind of what was the next step for you after that was that wrap? Oh, uh, yeah. So I was I was living in New York for about five years, and um, you know, you're trying to get an agent, you're trying to get auditions, and you're trying to meet casting directors. And I had taken a class with a casting director who was casting a movie called School Ties. And she, I went, I got, I went in and auditioned for a, one of the parts and uh, I didn't get that part, but I got like a smaller part. Uh, and so I got to work on that movie and I, it, it got to, you know, be on set for like a week. And it was kind of, I don't know if you remember that movie, but it's like uh, Brendan no, Fraser. I've seen that one. Uh, it came out in 1992, and it has cool. Brendan Fraser, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, uh, Chris O'Donnell. Um, Sweet. And it's a yeah, it's like a period piece. It takes place in the 50s uh, at a private school, and I was like, I was just one of the kids in the in the class with all the other that's great uh, fa famous people. Yeah, and then I had like five <laughs> five lines. Um, but yeah, so that was like a big deal, and 
time I was like, oh, I'm in a movie. And, uh, and then my brother was going to school in, uh, he was going to Cal arts out here in LA and my best friend in New York was moving to LA and, uh, and so I was kind of getting sick of New York. And so, uh, I decided oh, I'll go to LA. My brother's out there. My best friend's going out there. And so we, we moved out together and the three of us uh, got a house. And so I was trying to be an actor for, uh, a bit in LA and I was just like really bad at uh, auditioning and I would get really nervous and uh, it was pretty clear that I wasn't, you know, I didn't have what it takes to be like a, <laughs> like an actor. Like <laughs> oh, it was just man. embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, but I'd started writing and I wrote a script that I, you know, my brother, uh, you know, he wanted to be a director and I wanted to be an actor. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to write a script and you can direct it and I'll act in it. Um, and so uh, we made this movie uh, called Dropping Out that played at the Sundance Film Festival in 2000. Uh, and then from that, I sort of, uh, uh, the creator of SpongeBob, uh, Steve Hollenberg, came to see a screening of that. And then they were looking for a writer. And they so they brought me in. They brought me in to interview for SpongeBob uh, to be a writer. Great. Yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. That was the... Uh, that was what kind of led to animation. And then that was my first job. So I've just been sort of uh, not looking for work since then because everybody knows SpongeBob. <laughs> That's awesome. So I know kind of in your career, you've uh, worked on, you know, some features, which you've done a lot of TV work. I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on what you love about features and working with features and what you love about TV and working on episodic shows. Uh, well, I, yeah, I worked on one, I worked on the first SpongeBob movie and that was really fun because, you know, we were, you had sort of, I think we were writing it for over a year. Um, so that was a big change because usually you're sort of, you know, when you're working on a TV show, you're, uh, you have about a week to come up with a story. And then if you're, if you're boarding it, you have about four weeks to storyboard it. Um, and then if you're, you know, the showrunner or something you're gonna you know you're gonna live with that story for maybe another month in, in the animatic stage and stuff um so it's like and you're you're constantly like the, the the schedule on a tv show is you'll go in on monday morning and you'll uh you know have a meeting for one episode and then you'll see a pitch for another episode and then you'll be working on a different episode and then you'll go to the voice record for a different, so it's, it's a little schizophrenic. You're kind of hopping around. So it was kind of nice. It was uh, different to be on just thinking about one story, um, you know, for, for, yeah, yeah. For a year. Um, but then, you know, also the downside to that is you're sort of like, you're sort of just stuck with this one story. You can't, like, <laughs> um, you kind of start going crazy. Also, it's, you know, it's different yeah, than an 11-minute 11, 11 cartoon. Yeah, yeah, like a one-and-a-half, you know, 90-minute story. And, um, you know, the there's more attention. There's more, you know, you have, like, Paramount uh, Studios. Yeah. Like, sort of, they, they're very curious about what the story is going to be. And, like, there's more people, like, hmm. checking in on you. and um, Yeah, you know, the make, stakes are high. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a more of a pressure to sort of have a, you know, uh, you got to put that, that sort of movie template over the story and make sure, okay, I got to make sure the, you know, 15 minutes in, we got to make sure the second act's starting and, you know, mm. um, so it feels uh, almost like a little less creative. Um, mm. 
Because I think when you're on a TV show, that makes if, sense. if you're doing 20 episodes in a year, you can make one episode really weird. And, you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the studio will let you get away with that. You're like, oh, we want this one to be black and white, you know, and we, we want to yeah. like try something different. And they'll be like, OK, because they have 19 other shows that they can <laughs> make sure are normal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's really interesting. Um, so as you've kind of done a lot of writing, obviously, over your career, um, I'd love to hear if you have thoughts on solo storytelling versus group storytelling. So if you're, you know, in the writer's room and there are multiple writers crafting a story together versus maybe when you're allowed to cut go rogue a little bit and do your own thing. Um, what do you like about each of those situations and maybe what's challenging about each of those? Sure, sure. Well, uh, yeah, collaborative is easier. It's, it's, it's great when you have other mm. people in the room and you can, um, you know, when you're by yourself, if you come up with an idea, you, you sort of go, well, I, I, guess, I hope this works. Like, I feel like this works. I don't know. <laughs> yes. uh, but if you pitch a bad idea with other people in the room, they'll let you know right away that that's not a good idea. <laughs> that's um, true. <laughs> and a lot, a lot of times, uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I kind of describe, you're, you, do you, I don't know if you're old enough, but there's a video game called Breakout. <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah, I didn't actually play it, but I do know okay. it. Okay. And I was, it always feels like that because you'll break out was like a, you had a paddle and you kind of hit a ball and you're knocking these blocks out. And occasionally it would kind of break through the blocks and kind of bounce back and forth, but go up. Um, and so that's what it feels like when you're kind of collaborating with other people sometimes because you'll say an idea or someone else will say an idea and someone will be like, Oh, uh, that, what if it's not that, but this, you know, they, they don't really like the idea, but it made them think of something. And then someone else adds to it and someone else adds to it. And so you're, this idea is like getting better and better. And it's kind of moving in this direction that I don't, you couldn't do by yourself. You wouldn't have anyone to kind of bounce that idea off of. Um, so yeah, like I, I was working on this project over the summer and, you know, the first thing I wanted to do is get my friend Jack Pendarvis to help me write it because it's just way easier when you have someone else and you're just making each other laugh. And, um, uh, but you know, and then I guess the disadvantages to that would be sometimes you have a good idea that you really like and no one else likes it. And you're, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. you're fighting for it or you're like, wait, <laughs> I, I know how to fix this problem. Or what if we did this? Or what if the, you know, a lot, a lot of times, you know, you have a great idea for like, Oh, this could be the ending of the show. It could end like this. And then, no one likes it. And you're like, no. And then you start thinking, I should just go do my own show or I'm in charge. And, um, <laughs> yes. so I guess it goes, it. it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. And when you are maybe, um, noodling on something and working on something maybe for yourself or on your own, um, if you ever do sort of hit writer's block or you're feeling uninspired, what do you like to do to kind of refresh or reset your brain to kind of get back in that mode. I mean, is it baseball maybe? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's fun to go. I mean, the problem with baseball is it's, you go and you watch it and it's very boring and there's lots of time in between innings to think and stew, but it's good to, I like to go for a bike ride or I like to go bowling. Um, I was watching Mad Men, that show Mad Men and like one of the early episodes, like uh, Peggy is uh, trying to think, she's having a writer's block and then Don Draper says, think about it deeply and then forget it. And, and an idea, and an idea will come to you or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, which really made sense to me. I was like, Oh yeah, because it, it's, 
Yeah, it's like the moment. It's like when you're trying to remember something, and the more you try to remember it, the the the, the farther away it gets. Uh, but the moment you just stop, stop thinking about it, it'll it'll come to you really easily. Um, so yeah, I try to do that. Like I try to definitely take a break and just kind of put it down and get out of the house or get out of the office and go do something. I'll take my mind off it. Um, you know, go meet some friends and have a drink and talk about something else. And then, yeah, when you least expect it, you might be riding your bike to work or lying in bed. And then all of a sudden, you, you, you know, something will hit you and you're like, Oh wait, that's actually like that. You know, like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go anywhere if you, put it on hold um that's true that's smart i like that yeah that's really um, cool what what do you think is um you know since you've been at this for a while and you're obviously really good at writing what do you think is um uh, the biggest mistake or there may be a few of them that you see rookie or green writers making these days hmm um well you know i don't see too much stuff like uh uh, some, sometimes, you know, I think like what you said before about people waiting for the, the, someone, I feel like some people have ideas sometimes and they, they talk about their ideas. Um, you know, you meet someone and they say, Oh, I have this really a good idea for a movie and I'm, I'm going to try and write it. And then they tell you the movie and then, you know, the next time you see them, you're like, Oh, how's that script you're working on? And they say, Oh, I haven't started yet. And I think that's a, I think that's like, it's not a writing thing, but I think talking about your ideas before you've done them, because if you're at a party and you're telling someone about, you know, this great idea you have, you know, and if they, and, if, and they're responding to it and they're like, oh, wow, that's hilarious. Or that's funny. Or, oh, then you're not going to write it because you've already gotten what you, you already got that response from people. So then you're, I think your brain is like, oh, why should we write this? Satisfied. Already, yeah. 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 That's so think, really an interesting point. Thanks. I've, I've been guilty of that myself and that totally makes sense. That's super interesting. So, yeah. Or I have a, you know, I have a friend too who, you know, she's just been working on the screenplay for five years and she never, she can't, for start, whatever reason, she can't get it to a point where she wants to give it to anyone to read, you know, um, which I think I'm like, okay, just throw it away and start working on something new or just finish it and be sort of like happy with it. Um, totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm really interested. Um, one thing that I find fascinating is that, um, your brother, Mark, obviously he's kind of got that director thing going on where, you know, he's got a vision and he wants to get groups together to make that vision a reality. And then on the flip side, um, you are okay with working with groups and maybe making someone else's vision become a reality. Do you guys, have you ever, I'm sure you have talked about in the future, um, collaborating more on, you know, some sort of a, a feature? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's hard because we're both, you know, him more than me. Like, I don't have a family to support, but we're, you know, we're both sort of working uh jobs to kind of pay the bills um so and i think the older you get the harder it is to sort of come home from work where you're you've been using your brain all day to try to think of ideas or think of jokes or write dialogue and then you come home and yeah and you don't really want to work on your own stuff and uh you just kind of want to chill out <laughs> yeah that's fair um, no that's yeah really yeah fair. <laughs> so 
Yeah, we no, haven't I just, really. I just find it so interesting. Yeah. We haven't really collaborated. I mean, we we kind of we we kind of uh, check in on e- with each other and we you know pitch each other ideas sometimes or t- like we um, share what we're working on and uh, read each other's you know scripts and stuff like that and um, but yeah, as far as like we have no uh, concrete plans to work on anything together. Sure. No, that, uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Also we're living on different sides of the country. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that puts a damper on things right there. <laughs> um, yeah. But he's, re- he's more, he's like more, uh, he's got a better work ethic than I do. He, he actually, uh, got us a job. He pitched us as a writing team to do a, po- uh, sort of a rewrite on a script and, uh, you know, and then I, I, I was like, oh, okay. And then I went home to visit and he and I sat down to kind of go over the script and try to like figure out how to, well, you know, a different take. And I just immediately, like after an hour, I was like, oh God, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I, well, do you want me to get us out of this? Like I was kind of doing it for you more than me. And he's like, I got other stuff to work on. I'm like, oh, that'd be great. Oh, and then we just awesome. we went to a bar and yeah had chicken wings and I was like this is the best day of my life <laughs> like, I was so happy to not be working on something with my oh, I don't snap. know yeah but it, I love it yeah but I think too in part I was because I was working on a couple of other things you know and he was busy too so I think it was more uh, it was kind of like when you, you're you're studying for a test and you're just not prepared yeah. and then you kind of give up in the middle of the night. You know, the Absolutely. night before the test, no, you're like, I hear you there. You're like, I'm just gonna fail. I'm just gonna fail this class. <laughs> like that's fine. And you're so relieved. I give up. It's all. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. That's so fun. Um, you've done quite a bit of work, or maybe quite a bit is an exaggeration. I'm not sure. Um, with voice actors, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. You spending some time, kind of getting the performance that maybe you're looking for. Is there anything that you have found really useful and helpful as far as transferring the vision of that maybe you have, or, or you know, the overall vision of the story to the actor, or do you just kind of like to let them do their own thing and tease things out? Yeah, you definitely, you know, you want them to do their own thing. Like a lot of, it's it's interesting. A lot of. Uh, so yeah, I was a voice director on a show called Flapjack, and then I was a voice director on Adventure Time. Uh, I've also done voice direction on Steven Universe, and uh, awesome. uh, being Puppy Cat, and a couple pilots here and there. And it's, I think, um, it's it. I'm I'm kind of I'm good at the job because uh, I I have the acting background, so I kind of know how to mm, talk yeah. to actors. Like I can kind of speak their language and. Um, and also, I'm really familiar with the story, so I've been involved with the story since the outline, and then now we're getting the actors, so it's, you know, it's, yeah. a lot of times you have, uh, you know, voice directors will come in and they've, you know, gone over the storyboard the night before, and so they're just, hmm. you know. Um, Winging it, yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is why I'm so good at what I do. <laughs> but uh, I think the biggest thing I had to learn was, you know, the the one thing is uh, most actors don't want uh, you to give them a line reading, um, which is where, you know, you say, oh, could you say it like this? You know, and then you kind of do it because then and I've actually done voices where and so I've been on the other side where someone's giving me a line reading and and sometimes you it helps. But most of the time it just gets in your head and then you feel like you're just sort of you're like parroting the what they just said and it doesn't 
you don't feel really connected to it. Um, so that's like one of the hardest things is to sort of give them uh, kind of helpful direction without, you know, specifically pitching how it, the lines should sound. Um, yeah. And then one, and the, the other thing you have to learn too is that uh, they're going to do it the way they think. And, and, and sometimes it's going to come, it's going to, they're going to do it in a way that doesn't sound like the way it's in your head or the way you thought it should be, but it, it also, it works that way too. And so you kind of have to pick your battles. You have to say, okay, that line, cause I've been in the, I've been in the booth with, you know, uh, uh, the animation director who comes in and they're the one that has to like work on it after they, and they, they're trying to get every single line the way they think it should be done in their head. And I'm, you know, you have to tell them, Hey, they're like, you got to pick your battles. Like you can't, you can't just like to- toil on every single line. You have to go, okay, he he did it that way. And that works too, you know? Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and voice actors are, they're so talented because they can, they can do voices really well, but then you also have to be a good actor. Uh, you know, and a lot of them I think are, they primarily do, you know, voices. So they're never like in front of the camera. They're always like behind the camera, but it's weird. Cause they're, they're kind of famous, you know, they go to Comic-Con and they do panels and they're on Twitter and they have lots of fans and everyone knows who they are. So it's like this weird, they're this different type of celebrity, you know, <laughs> and they get to, they get to go to parties and someone's like, Oh, you do voice. And they start doing voices and, you know, um, yeah. And then sometimes you get, you know, you get actual, uh, not actual, but you get just actors that don't do a lot of voices, but like, you know, famous people and they'll come in to do a voice. Um, we had uh, Paul Williams did a voice on Adventure Time and, you know, two minutes in, he was like, just give me a line reading. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, tell me how you want it. Tell me <laughs> okay. how you want it. And he was like, it'll get me out, it'll get me out of here sooner. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, you got it. Like, and, okay. <laughs> and then there's a uh, there's a funny Paul Williams story, but there was a picture of his character who was very short, and Paul Williams is very short, and his character was standing next to a woman who was very tall. And I said, oh, I said that that's you. And I said you, I said that's uh, the Empress there, and she's she's uh, she's very tall. And he went, aren't they all? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize or think about is that voice acting really is it's a beast in and of itself and um i love that you give uh the individuals kind of some creative freedom because i I think that's when people are most motivated to do their best work is when they they can give something to it that's really cool yeah yeah well you know uh, someone like tom kenny who i've worked with since spongebob and he worked on adventure time and you know he just works constantly he's always just running around and um but he, he's there's been so many shows where I see his name in the credits afterwards. And I'm like, I didn't even re- recognize his voice in that episode. And um, which I think is really hard to do because some people only have like three or four voices they can do. And, but he, he's such a chameleon, but he's so like, he's the gold standard of voice actors because he shows up and he's read the board and he's made notes and he's in there and he's trying, he wants to give you as many, takes as it as it takes and he'll he'll ad lib and and add funny things like him more than any other actor he would add little you know like lines as ice king and we'd be like oh my god that's hilarious and then you know we'd end up having to do new drawings and you know write (laughs) like you know 
yeah, but he's 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 such a professional and he's yeah, super nice and uh that's like one of the best parts of the job is like working with people like him and mm. uh but I got to direct like June Foray uh a while ago and wow. that was amazing and yeah. yeah. Uh that's so that's so interesting and so cool. Um and I love that you are, you know, you're always a part of the story from start to finish and that's got to be really fulfilling and fun to be a part of that process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's good too. When like actors ask questions and you can actually, you know, you know, yeah, you know, I can answer you, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm curious about, um, you know, in my career, of course, it's not a creative career, but I've seen myself evolve and change and approach things differently now than I maybe did a few years ago, or, you know, even at the beginning of my career, is there anything that sticks out in your mind as far as maybe how you approach creative work now and how you approached it when you were first, you know, dipping your toe in the water and getting into the industry? Is there something that's changed that you feel has really been an asset or a helpful uh, thing to have learned? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Hmm. I think when, when I started, I wasn't really, uh, the first screenplay I ever wrote, I wasn't thinking about, you know, act one or act two or inciting incident or protagonist slow point or, you know, stuff like that. Like I didn't even, I'd never like studied writing or anything. I just, I had watched a lot of movies, you know, I kind of grew up watching movies and TV. And so when I just started writing the script, I didn't even know like how it was going to end. I was just sort of doing it like as a exercise and, um, yeah. And I kind of, I kind of wrote a script that had a beginning, a middle and an end. And, you know, um, so sometimes I'd like to just remember that, that I, I, because mm. now I'm, I'm really aware of, you know, when you the work mechanics, on a TV, yeah. yeah, yeah. And when you work on a TV show, you know, you turn in your work and the, there's executives that, you know, are working for the network and working for the studio and their job is to sort of make sure that the, the stories are good and they're as good as they can be and that they have, you know, they can't be, uh, you know, you're not, you're not making like a Coen brothers movie. Like you can't really be mm -hmm. that experimental with storytelling. Like they want to make sure that yeah. there's a really clear goal and that there's high stakes and, you know, they, they always want like a ticking clock. They say, is there any way we can add a ticking clock to this? And I'm always like, Oh God, that's just so boring. It's so boring. If every episode has a ticking clock, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but I think, you know, good, really good stories, like have all those, uh, components, you know, and you just, I think the, yeah. the hard part is, is sort of having those and making it. So it's not super obvious that those are there, you know, and you want people to be engaged and sort of lost, having done this for a while, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I don't get to the point where, you know, when, when you first start writing and, and you turn something in and someone said, Oh, these stakes need to be higher. Or, you know, this, this, you know, act one needs to like be a little quicker, you know? And, and I remember when I started, I was like, what, why I want to do it this way. This is funny and this is better and this is different and that's boring. And, that's why everything's the same and that's why nothing's good is because everyone's, you know, red saved the cat and it's, you know, but now that I'm, uh, you know, I'm, my job is to like, you know, uh, generate these, these stories and, and turn them in. And, you know, I'm, I'm, 
and I'm telling people like, Oh, you got to make sure your act one is a little shorter and like, make sure, you know, we act three, your character needs to know how they're, you know, that's your final push. And that's mm. how, you know, and I'm saying these things where I'm like, Oh God, I hate my, myself. I hate that I'm <laughs> saying these things now. Like, yes. Oh snap. That's gotta be know, really it's, it's tricky weird, and interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, man. It's a balance, you know. Absolutely. But everyone has an opinion. You know, if you show anybody anything at any stage of the process, everyone's going to have an opinion on how it can be better yeah. or what you're doing wrong. And, you know, oh, dang. it's like when you go, see yeah. a, you go see a movie that you love, you know, you're like, that's the best movie I've seen all year. And then you go online and there's everyone's bashing talking it. about <laughs> how, how it could have been better or what they did wrong or, yes. you know. Oh, people, right? That's crazy. <laughs> well, we're running short yeah. on time, so I just have one final question for you. And you've kind of addressed this along the way, which I really appreciate. But if you were maybe addressing a small group of folks who were either coming out of school, getting ready to head into creative professions, um, you know, what, what might you share with them as far as things, pitfalls to avoid or what just to practice in general to help set them on the right path? Uh, I would say just, you know, uh, write every day, hmm. you know, write, be, be creative, always be making something. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did this thing. I was trying to challenge myself and I was, you know, I was, I was working on adventure time and it was, I was getting a little, I was kind of stuck in the routine of, of having worked on the same thing for so long and, you know, kind of getting up every day and working the same hours and, riding my bike on the same route. And, uh, yeah. so I tried to, I was like, I'm just going to do a comic a day, hmm. you know? And, and so I would, on my lunch hour, I would just go and I would do like a, just kind of free form. I would just do a comic, right. Yeah. Just start doing the comic and I, I don't know where it's going. I was just trying to do like a gag and, and it was, you know, it was hard. There's some days where you don't want to do it. And there's some days where you forget and it's like 1130 at night and you're going to bed and you're like, Oh, I forgot to do my comic a day, you know? And, oh, yeah. <laughs> but but it was great because at the end of the year, I had 365 comics that I wouldn't have wow. had if I hadn't done that. And, and, uh, and it was kind of a nice, you know, diary for me and it's, uh, and maybe one day I can put them together and release it as a book or I don't know. But the, the, I think the the point is you, you, if you're, if you're always like working and you're always making stuff hmm. and putting it online, like you never know who's going to see true. it or, uh, like it, or you might get a job out of it. Like the the way, the way these, you know, if you want to work in TV animation, like the way these shows get staffed nowadays is everyone's just on line looking at people's yeah. portfolios on Tumblr or on, on Instagram. And, you know, you, you kind of like half, half the adventure time storyboarders were just kind of, you know, Penn was like a fan of their comics that's and met awesome. them at like small press expos and stuff. Yeah. So that's like a question we get all the time is like, Oh, you know, what, what's, what's, uh, what advice do you yeah, have? I'm just starting yeah. out. And we, we just tell everybody just make just stuff make and put stuff, it online yeah. and just, Oh yeah. Always be making stuff. And you know, you have to, you have to hustle and you have to try to meet people and you have to, you want your stuff to get seen. Um, but you definitely don't want to get to the opportunity. You don't want to have that opportunity where someone says, Hey, uh, we're looking for someone and you have nothing to show them. You know, you, it, it, there's always people always say, Oh, I'd love to write on adventure time, you know? Um, and, but they don't have anything to yeah. like show their work, yeah. you know, you don't, you need, you that's need not to, how it works. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, but I think just like make stuff for yourself, like make stuff that you like and you're happy with, and and just you know, uh, you know, make sure you're sort of. It's it's kind of like luck, you know. When you all the jobs I've gotten have just been I've been lucky, but you know you have to be you have to have uh, done the work. You can't just sit around and wait. For, for a job, you want to be ready so that when you get the job, you're, you're, you're at the top of your game and you're going to produce and you're going to, you know, you, you got to work those muscles, you know, it's like, uh, that was one of the things that, yeah, doing a comic a day, like sort of like trained my brain to sort of, uh, be in shape to, to be creative. Um, so yeah, Sound I think, advice. I dig it. Hey, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like, I know it's a, it's such a common question and there's no yeah, like yeah. no like oh oh here's how you do it no one knows nope, this but if you go yeah. to this don't you know <laughs> um yes absolutely no that makes perfect sense and and every time I do ask that question it seems the answer is something similar to that which is it's absolutely the case so I appreciate that now I have one final question and actually I've never yeah, asked yeah. this one before so this is going to be a little bit fun um, but for any makers, whether they're writers or visual artists who listen to the show, would you mind on the spot coming up with a prompt, um, if they've listened to this episode, uh, for something for them to create like a, a word or a phrase, just something to prompt something, uh, that they can write or oh, sure. draw, draw, um, the coldest you've ever been the coldest you've ever been. Sounds good to me. Yeah, temperature-wise. Perfect. Yeah. Someone told me that once. There, I was like, what should no. I draw? They said, draw the coldest you've ever been. That That's it. All right. <laughs> I yeah, can whatever, whatever was, that means to It was you, 70 below yeah, zero. Yes. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Well, thank you. This has been fantastic. <laughs> I'll make sure to link to your social feeds and, and get people following you there. But this has been amazing, Kent. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you've got a lot going on in your life. Oh, no, I'm just going to a baseball game. <laughs> but thank you. 